Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. In this episode, I'm interviewing Rob Dubin. Rob was an award-winning filmmaker who, after a survival experience that made international news, retired and sailed the world for the next 17 years. He now shares his insights from his experiences as a professional speaker. Welcome, Rob. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Well, I am excited about this topic, and I'm excited to hear about your background, too. It's quite interesting. So let's start with that. Can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? Uh, Sure. I was a uh, professional filmmaker. I was very lucky that in high school, I knew what I wanted to do. And I went directly into a film school. And shortly after that, I started my own film production company. So by my mid-20s, I was uh, getting paid to travel all around the world doing the kinds of adventure and sports and travel films that I wanted to do. I did a lot of work for the networks and Fortune 500 companies doing TV commercials and that sort of thing. Uh, So that's what I did for my career. And then when I was uh, in my early 40s, my wife and I had a uh, kind of a survival experience in the wilderness and and we were given up for dead. And when we did survive, the the first call I got was from uh, President Clinton at the time. And uh, shortly after that, we sort of had a reexamination of our life, much like what a lot of people have done during the pandemic. And so we decided to, much as we loved what we were doing making films, we decided to try new things and new horizons. And so at 42 years old, we sold our home and bought a sailboat, and we spent the next 17 years uh, sailing around the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, talk about uh, re-examining life after things that pop up, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, like we, surviving. we were living a very fulfilling life as it was, but yeah. uh, we still wanted more. Yeah. Wow. Um, so then let, let's talk about insights for an extraordinary life. So what, uh, where should we go with this first? Well, I would say uh, the first thing for an extraordinary life is to give yourself permission to have an extraordinary life. So there's a number of steps you can take, but there's a a couple of prerequisites, I would say. Uh, One of the prerequisites is believing that you can affect your life. We all have something called locus of control, which is a, a term, just locus means location. And we either believe that we control our life or it's controlled outside of us. And so to the, one of the prerequisites is you have to believe you can have an effect and control your own life. And I'll tell you a brief story. I was in Phoenix once working with a company there and one of their employees car broke down. And so for several days, we commuted together to her, her place of business. And we drove down these long streets in Phoenix. It's out in the middle of the desert. It's pretty wide open. And as I would get to every stoplight, it would turn green. And she turned to me one day and said, well, you're so lucky. These lights just all seem to turn green for you. And I looked at her a little perplexed. And I said, well, I know that if I go off of rush hour when there's not a lot of traffic and I drive 42 miles an hour, the lights are all timed and they'll be green. And she had just never made that connection. And so she thought it was pure luck that they were all turning green. And so her life clearly had a whole lot more red lights than my life did. 
So the first thing is to know that you can control and affect your life and take it in the direction you want to take it. I love that. And can you share maybe some strategies that folks can can do that, especially when they're feeling out of control? Certainly. The, the next thing is to give yourself permission to dream big dreams. And I actually, in my courses, I take people through a process where they I call dream harvesting. But sit down and just write down all the things you want to do or become or have in your life. And just by writing them down, you've moved yourself 60 or 70% closer to achieving them. And then the next thing that happens for most people is that they let other people's opinions change their mind and tell them what's possible. So that's the next thing is you have to be willing to to dream big, get outside your comfort zone, and then just ignore the naysayers. You know, people may give you some advice that you want to consider, maybe a way of going about it or not doing one thing or doing another, but don't let them squash your dreams just because they they think small or they don't think it's possible for you. And when you do uh, this exercise where you write down all the dreams you want to accomplish, then you can pick maybe the top dream you want to do first and sit in a quiet place and make it completely real to your senses. So I sit down and imagine that I've accomplished my dream. And then I picture myself in that place. And what does it feel like and smell like and look like and sound like and taste like? And you make it very real to yourself. And then before you do leave the site of that that dreaming, you take some action. Maybe it's just to Google something on the internet about, you know, maybe your dream is you want to take your family to Italy for vacation. So Google something about Italy, start reading about where you'd want to go. And then when you sit and do that process, you sit and imagine yourself on the on the terrace of a restaurant in uh, Positano and you're, the, the waiter brings the pesto sauce and you taste the pesto and you look down below you and see the Mediterranean Sea sparkling blue with little white sailboats all around. So you use all your senses to make that dream a reality for you. Oh, I love that. That's so much better than just visualization. Exactly. It's visualization, but it's using all of your senses because we all have a primary mode of communication where we get our information. So if you talk about learning, some of us learn best by hearing something. We have auditory, we're auditory primarily. Some of us learn best by reading. Lots and lots of us learn best by seeing. And there's a number of people who learn by how it feels. They're kinesthetic. So we all have these different modalities for learning. But when you engage all of them, you're hitting all the all the buttons that can help you access the creativity, the resilience, the uh, fortitude that will then help you make your dream come true. Now, I love that. So now when we are, I know how you said, give yourself permission to have big dreams. So whenever we, uh, that's important, right? But whenever we try to get outside of our comfort zone, that little inner critic pops up. Suggestions for overcoming that. Yes, the way to the, the what we we get what we focus on. And so the way to change your focus is there's two things that will change your focus. And this comes from the science of neurolinguistic programming. But the two two primary ways to change your focus are to change your physiology 
and to change your uh, focus of what you're thinking about. So your physiology, if I walked into the room and I was depressed, you could take one look at me with my slumped shoulders and my head down and my monotone voice, and you would immediately know this person's depressed. And if I come bouncing into the room and my head is back and I'm breathing deeply and my shoulders are back, you would know I'm excited. So just by changing your physiology, if you want to be excited about something, sit up tall in your chair or stand up or breathe deeply and adopt the physiology of a powerful person. And then the next thing gets to the heart of your question. How do you change your that little quiet voice in your head? And it's you change what you think about. And the way you do that is by asking empowering questions. So our brain is designed to answer questions. And if I ask my brain the question of why do I fail at everything? Why does nobody love me? How have I, you know, failed in my job this week? Why is my relationship no good? If you ask those kinds of questions, whether they're real or not, your brain will come up with answers. And if you ask it empowering questions like who loves me in my life? Who's around me to support me? What have I succeeded in that is similar to to what I'm going to try and do in my dream? What what background and skills do I have? that will help me accomplish this next goal. So if you ask yourself those empowering questions, you'll access the resources that you have in yourself. You'll, you'll have changed your focus and you will be more resilient and more creative and your relationships will be better. You'll communicate your ideas better. So that's how you do it is by asking empowering questions. I love the brain science. Uh, it's in, it meets all in, in every one of these insights. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so much of it comes from uh, neurolinguistic programming. And I've yeah. done a lot of work with Tony Robbins. He has his slightly changed version of that, but it's that same science. I love that. Now, and I also love that it sounds like it's, we need to be essentially before we do. Um, you know, there's that sort of fake it till you make it idea. I don't, I go with that a little bit, but only so far. Um, yeah. I, well, I mean, get, you got to get the brain. It sounds like we have to get the brain and the mind on board before we jump into executing. Absolutely. I, I certainly believe that. And I know people that have done it differently. Uh, my background besides sailing around the world, I was a mountain climber. I did big mountains in the Himalayas and in Alaska, and I'm a pilot and I fly planes. And obviously I've sailed across the oceans and around the world. And all of those endeavors, you can't fake it till you make it in those endeavors because if oh, you fake course. it, you die. <laughs> so you really have to put your stuff together. So that's, so I'm not so much a believer in the fake it till you make it idea, but I yeah, am no. a big believer in going through the process, the learning that you need. Maybe you need, you know, if you're going to sail, you need the sailing skills and then you need the motivation, as you said, to get your mind into it and believe you can accomplish your goals. And that sort of brings us to the next obvious question that what stops people is besides that little voice in your head, there's usually some fear associated with getting outside of your comfort zone and going yes. after your dreams. And I actually have a real specific process to uh, overcome fear. Um, so if when I tell people I sailed around the world, so many people say, oh, I would love to do that, but I would be afraid. Well, what mm -hmm. specifically would you be afraid of? Well, if you'd be afraid of getting lost, then carry a couple extra GPSs. 
If you'd be afraid of the boat sinking, then get a really strong boat and carry extra bilge pumps. So if you break your you, the fear that's between you and your goal, break it down into as small a tiny chunks as specific as possible, and then think through a solution to each one of those individual fears. And so now you've done that work that you mentioned, you've done, you've put your brain into it, you've done that work. And then those fears just become something you already know how you're going to deal with them. And then there's just one more step. And that's you just have to take action. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's feeling the fear and going forward anyway. Yeah, I love that. Now, in your endeavors, I mean, they're dangerous, right? Mountain climbing, flying, <laughs> sailing. Um, so I, I know a lot of people are worried about making mistakes. And in those kind of endeavors, mistakes could lead to loss of life. Any suggestions for overcoming that fear of mistakes? Or I know you could probably use the same thing with fear, but there is just a little bit of a different mindset there. There is a different mindset. And I think confidence in those endeavors comes from uh, first, that's why I said, I don't believe in the fake it till you make it. I believe in, you know, meticulous preparation because I was a filmmaker, for instance, when I did these films on the ocean or, or on, you know, the Himalaya mountains and stuff like that, every little tiny thing you would need to operate a big movie crew, you had to think through and get it ahead of time and carry it with you. There was no store where you could go, Oh, I forgot this item. Let me get it. So I believe in meticulous preparation. Not everything requires it, but that's just my way of doing things from from the sports that I've done. And I think that, you know, we didn't start off sailing across the Pacific Ocean. We didn't say, okay, our next stop is is uh, Tahiti, 3,000 miles away. We sailed from Florida to the Bahamas. It was 50 miles. And before that, we had, you know, you first we, the most difficult maneuver in sailing is untying the dock lines. And so we, yes, we, you know, you untie the dock lines and the first night we, we anchored maybe 200 yards from our slip in the marina. And then the next day we went five miles and then the next day we went 10 miles and, you know, so you build up to things and, and you get the knowledge you need along the way. I love that. Yeah. Start off with small steps. Now, there is a point where meticulous preparation taken too far can be um, procrastination or what, what analysis paralysis. How does one know if they're meticulously preparing or if they've gone past that line into procrastinating because they're nervous or scared? Where's that line and how do we, how do we know to, to not cross it? Um, that's a great question. It's so true in sailing because preparing a boat to go across the oceans is a monumental endeavor. And, you know, we spent three, four, five months just getting our boat ready to go. But the boat yards are also people filled with people that have been there for five years and the boat will be ready next month. And, you know, that never happens. So that's a real a reality. I'm not sure I have a really good answer. I think in my own mind, for myself, I know when it's time to go, you know, when it's when it's when I'm making excuses, I know when when the procrastination kicks in. And for me, I just have a uh, if I feel f I don't really run any of my life based on fear. And if I feel a little bit of fear, then I have to do it. 
And so that's just my rule. So if I realize, okay, now the reason I'm procrast or I'm not, you know, untying the dock lines is because I'm afraid, then I just immediately, my brain, it's like flipping a switch. I say, okay, I realize that it's not preparation anymore. It's now procrastination and I just have to do it. And I demand that of myself. And I always have, you know, and I know you said you were a, a high achiever from a young age. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, traits perhaps of high achievers is that we demand more of ourselves than other people would ever expect us to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I love the the part because I know there are some people that just freeze when it, when they need to get out of their comfort zone. And I'm wondering if there's a correlation between that and maybe not, but, and, and having adversity in your life, right? So if you're purposely doing stuff that scares you on a regular basis, it takes a lot more to scare you. And you realize that you're pushing out your comfort zone the more that you do that. Well, you know, I use a little graphic in my my presentations. And if if you'll imagine your comfort zone is a circle around you, you know, you you might push it out one step to the east to accomplish that next goal. But the circle just got wider everywhere. So you know, you think you were only taking a tiny step and gaining, let's say, 1% more comfort area. But in reality, you just gained 20% more comfort area. You know, it, it, it's the mathematics of the size of a circle, in other words. So that's what it, you know, that's what happens. And of course, like anything, it's like going to the gym and working out. I mean, the first day you go to the gym, maybe you can only press 25 pounds. But two things happen as you continue going to the gym. The motions, let's just say you're doing a, a bench press or something. So the actual motion of, you know, laying on the bench, grabbing the weight with your, you know, the bar with your hands and extending your shoulders, the actual motion, you practice it day after day after day. And so the motion itself gets easier and you build the muscles. So when you started with 50 pounds, pretty soon it's 60 and 70 and 80 pounds. So those two things are happening is that the weight that you can push is bigger, but actually the, the, it's also neuro-linguistic program, the, the neuro, neural pathways in your head for actually doing the exercise also build up. And so you're doing two skills when you push the envelope, push your comfort zone each time you're getting better at pushing the comfort zone and you're getting better at that specific thing, whatever it happens to be. Oh, I love it. Oh, and this has been great, but we are getting towards the end. I would love for you to share um, your uh, products and services with our listeners. Well, mostly what I speak on is now with the great resignation, I speak to uh companies, they bring me in to talk to their employees about how to live a happy and fulfilling life, because that's what people started asking themselves during the great resignation. You know, they found out they weren't happy and they weren't sure why. And a lot of us don't really know. We think that when we tick all the boxes of marriage and family and a good job, that we're going to be happy, but it actually doesn't work that way. There are skills that you need to learn to be happy, just like learning skiing or tennis or anything else. So that's what I actually do. Oh, and we go to robdubin.com. Yep. That's where people can find me, robdubin.com. There's also a couple of uh, 
resources there for the general public that your listeners might be interested in. If they go to the Frequently Asked Questions page of my website, they can download a number of different PDFs. Uh, One of them is a question we always get, how did my wife and I get along so well on a sailboat for 17 years? And uh, so there's relationship advice, there's financial (laughs) advice on how we retired in our 40s. And then there's uh, some frameworks of how to have a happy life and another PDF on uh, insights for an extraordinary life. Some of the things we've talked about here. So there's some files available for download there that might be of interest to your listeners. Oh, that would be great, especially people who are working at home with their spouses, partners for the last two years. <laughs> Absolutely. It's amazing how often we get that. We used to get that question when we talked about our sailing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Your final piece of advice for our listeners. Well, I would say the uh, the f- best advice is know that you can make a change in how your life is. You can put your locus of control to internal and you can affect where you want to go. And then go through that dream harvesting process that I talked about. Write down all your dreams you want to be in, and do and accomplish and make them real with that sensory real exercise. And then push through your fear and just take action. That's the big point is get out of your comfort zone and take action. For us, when we sailed around the world, the quality of the trip we had was directly proportional to the uncertainty we were willing to live with. So if you're willing to live with some uncertainty and get out of your comfort zone, you can make magic happen in your own life. Oh, I love it. Worlds open up, literally. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Rob. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to learn more about Rob, go to his website at robdubin.com. Is it possible to have fun while developing yourself? Take a look at Christina's latest book, Life is an Escape Room, to see how the lessons learned through escape rooms apply to achieving more in life. Visit lifeisanescaperoom.com for more information.